from Washington, D.C., this is the Beyond the Dumbbells Show, your source of information and inspiration for living an audacious life. Audacious life. Hear interviews and social banter with special guests on Fitspiration and news from around the globe. Here are your hosts, fitness and lifestyle experts, Brian and Jenny Sweeney. All right. We're back. Another installment. Um, <laughs> today we got another touchy topic. Um, Congratulations, by the way. This is like two weeks in a row that we're going to get this out on time. I know. So this is great. Rock on, B&J. All right, we're going to talk about, um, this. it's a little touchy, but uh, we need to talk about why you're fat. <laughs> there's, a, there's no beating around the bush on this one. No, why are you fat? Yeah, we um, talked about like, we're just going to ease into this topic, and then it's like, no, let's just be us. I don't like the word. Um, I used to be heavy, so I'm... I'm sensitive to it. I don't like it when people call themselves this. No. But the the reality is you need to be truthful and honest to establish where you're starting from. Yep. So what is what is fat? We're not going to go by BMI. Um, let's not go by just the number on the scale. You can tell if this condition applies to you if you've got things hanging over your pants. Exactly. If you're... Um, everything you own is stretchy. Mm-hmm. If you keep buying bigger, newer clothes. Yep. New big clothes. Um, but... It's gotten to where in our society you can't say this to people anymore. And it's, um, when I grew up, heavy people were rare. They were there, but it wasn't, you know, it would be 10 out of 100. Mm-hmm. Now it's 60 to 70 out of 100. Yep. Um, and no matter where you go. And you can't hurt anybody's feelings anymore. You know, so you can't tell people truth because truth is offensive. Right. All right, so we're going we're gonna to cut to it. And this always comes from a place of caring. Um, I'm in the business of helping people that struggle with weight. So my ultimate goal here is to inspire. Oh, yeah. Not to, not to make you feel bad about yourself, but um, we've got to have a heart-to-heart. The good news is... Yeah, I think that what's really cool is that we're actually going to do a twist on this and let you all know why it might not be completely your fault that you're fat. We're giving you a way out. Yeah. And um, there's, there's, there's factors that contribute to where you are. Mm-hmm. And there's factors that contribute to where you're going. Mm-hmm. Both of those require your attention and your honesty. Yep. All right. So we'll start with, we're going to break down just things that are within your control. And there are pieces, like Jen had said, that aren't, that you cannot control. And I think people lean on those hard and they don't look at the things that are within their control to mitigate their circumstances to the best of their ability. Absolutely. All right. So things within your control. What do yep. we got? So um, what you eat. Which one? It kind of, yeah, go what, ahead. What you put in your pie hole. Exactly. And it seems kind of obvious, but I, I think sometimes people like to blame, you know, well, the restaurant didn't have the healthiest option, but you chose the restaurant, which means you're going to choose what you're going to eat. That's right. And a lot of times out of necessity, people choose bad things because there's nothing else. Oh, yeah. Um, fast food, they, they make their way because mm-hmm. they are convenient. Absolutely. Um, but when you choose a restaurant, that is completely within your control, what you eat. Yep. All right. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the what. Um, we talk to a lot of folks that say, I eat healthy. Mm-hmm. And that makes me, I would, I have less of a reaction to people that say, I eat everything in sight. I was like, cool, that's something we can work with. <laughs> yeah, but honest. when people believe they come to the table with, I eat healthy already, so there's really not much you can do for me. Um, that's where I cringe because to me that sounds like an uncoachable position. Mm-hmm. You already believe you know everything, and it just so happens you aren't losing weight. Right. So just to establish that, if you were truly eating properly, 
you would not have a weight problem. Correct. Okay, cool. So we'll go ahead and one of the first things, and there's a lot of mystique now because I don't think people pay attention. No. So I think um, a lot of people get kind of tripped up on a nutrition label. And um, the first thing is that they'll say, you know, well, I had one serving of this. I had one serving of that. And I think the important thing to remember on the label is, is it's based on a 2,000 calorie a day diet. So let's say you're on one that's 1,100. You wouldn't eat the serving size of one for a 2,000 calorie diet. It would be twice as much as you're supposed to eat. Exactly. Um, what else is unique about that 2,000 calorie, um, that fake person, um, <laughs> that avatar, they don't distinguish between male or female, older or younger, mm-hmm. active or inactive. Right. They just say, hey, you eat 2,000, this applies to you. So people made a selection. They, they are conscious to look at the label. Yep. But when they're drilling down and like, oh, this only has 2% of my daily fat, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. The other piece to looking at the label, um, giving way too much credence to the serving sizes they demonstrate um, as far as, hey, this percentage of your daily intake mm-hmm. based on a 2,000 calorie diet, but then we've got the the hidden little serving size. Yeah. You know, where they're like, uh, you buy a six-ounce bag of something, and it's got two and a half servings in it. Yes. I think people see it, and they overlook it. I, I If you look at the label on something that small, you'd know damn well it's two and a half servings. Oh, absolutely. Okay. No, but it's. I think it's very rare to find something, unless it's like, you know, those... Do you remember when the 99-calorie packets were like, they may still be out there. They were everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, this bag is 99 calories, and... But most of the time, you know, you get this little bag of chips or something, and I think you can also go, this says 24 servings in this bag, but I bet it really doesn't mean it. It really only means three. So you ignore it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or you make up your own story. Yeah. Um, now, let's say it's not a, a bag of chips or a bag of cookies or mm-hmm. a soda or a drink. Um, it's actually something that you're going to take home that's in bulk that you need to part out servings of as you cook. Yes. All right. And the other issue is... Um, the half cup measuring cup. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll go there. I think the trick now is how much can you balance in a, in a measuring cup and oh, not yes. really looking at, you know, eh, I'll eye it. No mm-hmm. one ever goes under the line. They no. always go above. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that or they pack it in. You oh, know, yeah. It's like whatever I can fit in there is going to work. Yes. Now, if, if <laughs> oatmeal, for example, is you see the serving size, it says uh, it's a half a cup mm-hmm. or it's 33 grams. You always want to measure the grams. Yes. Don't do a half cup because... Uh, your heavy-handed uh, dip into the bag is not going to be accurate. Definitely. Uh, measuring by grams, so you have to measure your food. Yep. So we're still talking about what you eat. Exactly. Um, now, the people that are working through some form of um, nutrition program, there's a host of MLM-based shakes. There's a whole bunch of diet services. Um, there's companies that are... You know, don't eat, just put this patch on your arm. I mean, there, there's all kinds of um, approaches to helping people mitigate what they put in their mouth. Right. And the dependencies on those has created a behavioral dysfunction mm-hmm. where now they're dependent on that item or on those people right. to get something done. Um, now you're not only not eating the right foods in the right quantities, you're, you're stuck paying a lot of money for something that you don't need. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the times those things are, especially if they're mail order, they're on like an auto ship. So it's like they arrive every month and it's like, well, I've already paid for this, so now I've got to do it. Oh, yeah. You know, it's the the diets that go, you decide you want to try something new and it's the three shakes a day. And it's like, well, I paid for it. Then you get bored of it. Then it sits there. That's a whole other topic. But 
well, I already paid for it. So I'm going to do this thing, even though I'm not getting the results that I want. And, uh, that, that's actually a big piece of the, uh, the kitchen makeover conversation that we have are people that they have that perceived value of that thing yes. that they bought. And they're like, well, I can't get rid of this because I paid uh, uh, dollars for it. Exactly. Um, when you know it needs to get the hell out of the house. I know. And you need to stop, you need to stop ordering it. Yeah. Um, I had another thought about what you eat and I, all of a sudden I forgot. Um, hmm. I, it's, I thought it was profound, but apparently <laughs> it doesn't stick. Maybe it'll come back. All right. So now let's get into, um, so what you eat is within your control. Absolutely. And then um, when? Uh, yep. When you eat is definitely another one. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not against intermittent fasting. I like the idea of, we talked about this in previous shows. If you need structure, intermittent fasting can control people that graze all day. Definitely. So just have a window in a field. But when we talk about now when you eat, mm-hmm. we're talking about you eating beyond what your body's needs are. Exactly. Yep. Or it's, you know, eating when you're bored. Like you're just sitting there and it's like, you know, rather than read a book or do something productive or something, it's like, well, I'm just sitting around. I got nothing to do. It's a quiet day. Ooh, I should make myself anything. And that, I don't think it always means it's something bad. It's like, oh, I'm going to go in and I have leftover chicken breast. I'm going to eat it. You know, it just popped in my head. That's, that's what, when babies are bored, they shove their foot in their mouth. <laughs> right. But adults walk around, they shove food in their mouth. <laughs> Are you going to try to shove your foot in your mouth? No, (laughs) but you'd be better off shoving your foot in your mouth. I mean, you wouldn't have a weight gain problem. Exactly. Um, I love it. So figuring out when to stop eating. Um, So when we say when you eat, it's when you stop eating. It's probably more relevant. If you find yourself content, now there's a hormone when you eat that tells your brain you're full. Mm -hmm. That hormone is slow. It's the slowest moving thing in your body. So you're supposed to let a meal take 15 to 20 minutes to eat. <laughs> Chew each bite 20, 20 times. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole mindset to eat slow. Chew your food. And when you give that hormone a chance to tell your brain to cool it, mm-hmm. then you stop. But when people eat before their hormone can signal, mm-hmm. that's when people get done. They go, oh, God, I don't. I ate way too much. And we've all done it. It's the scarfing where you sit down and you're, you really are hungry and next thing you know, you look there and it's like, well, I used to have a six-ounce steak sitting in front of me and it's been three minutes and it's gone. What, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> the hormones it shouldn't even be there because it's not going to do you any good at that point. Right. But um, eat slow enough that you can feel the, the fullness. Mm-hmm. And this isn't 100 It's mindset. It's mentality, of course. But there's a real biological response to eating food and stopping when you don't need it. Anything that your body cannot use, it will store. Yes. It would be great if all you did was crap out extra calories. It doesn't work that way. Oh, I wish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you have anything for things that are uh, within your control? No, I think those are the main ones. Um, I'd love to hear if, if anybody else had any ideas on, I think it'd be awesome. But I think what and when are probably the two biggest that come to my mind. Um, I guess stuff you feed your family to. So, if, you, so yeah, if you're not the you only know. one with a weight issue what you put in your family's mouth. So mm-hmm. not only you might not be making great choices, but you might not be great, making great choices for yep. everybody else too. Yeah, that's okay. an excellent point. All right, great. So now we're going to jump over to things outside of your control. And this is where some of the some of your situation might not be your fault. Definitely. Um, food addictions is the first thing. Um, these are undiagnosed food addictions. And we're not talking about true eating disorder. We're talking about um, if you can't identify that you are drawn to high fructose corn syrup. Mm -hmm. If you can't figure out that you're drawn to 
um, super sugary foods or things with a chemical signaling factor that right. you know give you that dopamine high. Mm-hmm. We're like, I eat this, it makes me feel good. Um, it is a drug addiction, mm-hmm. and you, you can tell this applies to you if you're bringing home uh, 24 case of soda. Oh yeah. You know, if you're bringing home all the sweets, yep. if you're continually eating and drinking and touching the same food over and over again, you have an addiction. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and in our world, we see a lot of the like, uh, energy drinks. Yeah. So it's like, it's, I don't even know if people realize there's the addiction to it. It's just kind of like, well, it's after my workout, I'm going to have my, you know, or I'm sorry, before my workout, I'm going to have my energy drink and it's going to be amazing. But I wonder what they would be like without that energy drink. Like, could they function the same or it would be, would it bring on, you know, headaches and all that? It's behavioral. Yep. Coffee's an addiction, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, caffeine. Um, the other piece we're looking at is uh, the food industry. So science has created dysfunctional metabolisms just by the way they process food. It's terrifying. So we're not just talking about, um, we'll go like wheat and glyphosate. Mm-hmm. So glyphosate, um, it's kind of a weed killer. It shows up a lot on Wheat, mm-hmm. wheat products, places that produce wheat, places where wheat is produced, it can get on everything else. Yep. Glyphosate can cause metabolic dysfunction, which can uh, kick off a cascade of um, endocrine system problems, uh, gut problems, digestive problems, mood problems, disorders, which in turn affect your ability to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, we were co- we we're trying to come up with a clever name. We were thinking just a, an impact cascade or a failure cascade, and it's... It's the waterfall effect of what's going to happen when you get into this position where you've eaten something that's not great for the human body, you've eaten a lot of it, mm-hmm. and now you're stuck in this rut where you just keep gaining weight. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, so it starts out like this. So one, you're eating something that's not great, and it starts to impair gut function. And gut function, it's not just to help eliminate waste. I mean, your immune system derives out of there. Your um, serotonin signaling comes out of your gut. Um, that thin layer that protects the rest of the inside of your body from waste and toxicity, that thing can be penetrated and you end up with leaky gut syndrome. So the gut itself, um, once that's impaired, you start absorbing less nutrients of the food that you eat. And feeling like garbage. It makes you feel hungry. (laughs) So now you're eating. So now that you feel bad, you keep eating. Um, Low nutrition absorption, then you get into these hunger cycles where it's like, I just ate and I'm still hungry. Mm -hmm. Um, Hunger cycles over and over. Sleep disturbances because now you're, you're not processing energy. You're not getting all the things that you need to produce a good night of sleep. Oh, yeah. Things that affect melatonin, things that affect cortisol. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got GABA, which can kind of help keep you asleep. So these are the things that exist when you start destroying the way your body's supposed to work. Yep. I think sleep was the most shocking one um, when you first introduced me to like this whole concept of what, how the gut affects the rest of the body. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I mean, this was years and years ago, just talking about, have you ever monitored when you sleep bad, what you've eaten over the last few days and how, if you kind of clean up your diet and get rid of any processed foods and stuff, and you're eating, you know, very clean, which I'll, I'll put in air quotes that you actually sleep better. And until you start paying attention to it, I think that you blame everything but your food. You know, my pillow wasn't fluffed up, the air conditioning wasn't running right, you know, the moon is a quarter instead of a full, right. and it's like, but what did you actually put in your body and eat? And what most people don't think about is it can take up to 72 hours it's crazy. before, so it's something you ate on Monday, you still sleep like crap on Wednesday, Thursday. Exactly. And you're like, what did I do today? It's what you did on Monday. Yes. 
and the way chemicals linger and the way um, your system is just rocked from poor nutrition mm-hmm. decisions, um, that affects your whole next few few days. And Absolutely. it's very difficult to pinpoint. The, la- the last thing in our failure cascade is that mm-hmm. um, once you've got your sleep disturbances and you wake up that next day, the entire thing starts over, except now you have even less decision-making skills than you did the day before. Yep. So it's like, I'm sick of feeling like this. I'm going to go for the the latte because Starbucks is right there and I'm going to go get a fancy coffee drink and I'm going to go to I'm going to go to I don't want to call out name brands I don't want to get in trouble <laughs> so right beside our uh, Starbucks in town here is a chicken sandwich place that's not open on Sundays <laughs> <laughs> um, so we found out uh, that they they soak their chicken they marinate it in dairy yes and you having a dairy issue or you might not know you do and it's, so it's like, but it's such a healthy option. I got the grilled. It's, it doesn't work that way. No. So that's part of your poor decision-making process. Well, definitely too. And it's just you, the lack of sleep. Who is going to wake up, even if every day you have the same healthy, amazing routine when you're eating well, who in the world is going to wake up after a poopy night of sleep and be like, I think I'm going to go down and oh, yeah. make my same breakfast. I'm going through the drive-thru. That's right. Because you're <laughs> tired and cranky. Yes. All right. So... This was the second uh, thing that might not be within your control. So we already talked about food addictions, mm-hmm. but here's the caveat to that. Once you recognize that this is you, it, then it's your fault. Absolutely. Then it moves up to things under your control. And um, do you ever think that in case you can't recognize that you might have a food addiction, you actually go and get it diagnosed? Like you go to talk to uh, you know, somebody who's in the health and fitness industry, not, a, sure. not somebody that's going to take it over the top, but just somebody that you can go to and just say, you know, I've had... I can't seem to stop taking X or drinking this. You know, have you ever had anybody with a similar situation? You might need a coach just to call you out on it. Yeah. I mean, if I'm looking at your food journal and you've got three diet sodas in there every day for the last week, I'm going to say, hey, can, can you cut this out? Yeah. No way. I mean, that's important to me. Can't cut out my coffee. Can't cut out my pumpkin cake. Can't cut out uh, mm-hmm. whatever it is. You've got a dependency on that. You're getting some type of a brain chemical kickback that makes you feel better about your crappy day. Yeah. So you're stuck on it. Gosh, it's crazy. Um, so we talked about addictions. We talked about the food industry and the science. Yay, you know, we're able to ship and package and make food last on the shelf longer. Oh, my gosh. Billions of people still can't eat. There's no food really readily available. And in the country where there's an abundance of it, we process and destroy it. I mean, it's just not the way it was meant to be. Um, the last thing that's kind of out of your control are hormone imbalances. When you start looking at the body's metaphysical responses to just your surroundings Mm -hmm. and you know your environment yep now some of these are self-induced if you have dieted yourself to death for years and years and years um you can either you can develop type 2 diabetes because of poor diet i mean that's 100 percent within your control you end up type 2 diabetic you did that um if you trash your thyroid because you've gone through so much so much um yo-yo dieting mm-hmm. that you've been on low super restrictive low diets and you, your thyroid just doesn't produce the hormones it needs anymore to have a metabolism mm-hmm. you can end up with thyroidism um then you've got the environment yeah okay so this is the environment one makes me sad because you think about when we were kids and you run through the grass and bare feet and you know we did all these things drink from the hose and everything else and 
It's like, I don't know if it's we got so protected of ourselves that we stopped that kind of stuff or the chemicals and stuff that we started using just became so much worse that you would never risk running through the grass bare feet. Well, like one of the... Barefooted. One of the... You've got the stuff. Well, now you run barefooted and you've got all kinds of weed killer in your yard. Yeah. All right. Those absorb into the skin. Um, Let's talk about uh, the fire retardant material that's in your couches. Mm -hmm. Once your couch is old and every time you sit on it, you get that puff of dust, you're breathing in flame retardant. Okay. So you're breathing in the chemicals on your couch. Um, I grew up with lead paint. I mean, yeah. my, I had a hundred year old house when I grew up. So there's freaking lead paint in there. I remember playing with mercury. You're not supposed to play with that stuff. Um, that explains a lot. It does. Um, but when you're looking at environmental, mm-hmm. if you are an inner city person yep. and you are close to a body shop, so you're, you're close, you're close to a little kind of industrial area where they're, they're sanding Bondo all the time. That stuff's going to end up in the air you end up breathing that as well, environmental. Um, if you're military and you went overseas, let's say Desert Storm when they were burning all the oil, right. um, you end up, um, now they're talking about the poop pits. Yep. You know, for the military, these guys that were burning freaking feces all the time, environmental. Once oh, yeah. that stuff gets in the system, uh, your hormones could be permanently damaged, mm-hmm. which means out of your control. Yes. You can address it. Um, you can, one, you got to run the test. You got to do the heavy metal test. You got to do the endocrine test. You got to get all the things figure out where things are firing. Um, but if you are a victim of your environment, it is completely outside of your control and you do need a specialist. Absolutely. You got, you got to go to someone to figure out what's going on. Absolutely. Um, well, there's a lot of that stuff, um, where people don't realize how close they are to like a landfill or, you know, recycling plants and they're finding out drainage is coming off. So it's kind of like just you're right. Do that, like you said. You've got to go and you've got to get tested if you think that you may have been exposed to something environmental that could be a little wacky. You're, you're lucky if you're just overweight. Yeah. And you don't have cancer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, it's terrifying. Last thing. So something else that might not be within your control is genetics. So um, you could have been born with type one diabetes. Yes. Um, you may just have um, hyper hypothyroidism in your family mm-hmm. and you have to regularly check and manage your thyroid yep. um there's things okay and, and most people i think treat every instance as if it's a birth defect i'm overweight because yeah and they they latch all of their reasons to that one thing as a reason to not progress right um Right. I, an analogy is somebody comes in to work out and they're like, you don't understand. I've got a torn labrum in my shoulder. I can't do this thing. And we say, well, you, you've got the other 98% of your body that can still work. Mm-hmm. You know, why are you ignoring the rest of your body because of this one thing? If you know that you've got uh, a hormone issue, it doesn't really give you the, the free pass to say it's beyond my control. This, this, isn't, this isn't something that I can do, so I'm just... I'm accepting that this is the way I am. Exactly. And then you don't do anything to try to mitigate or take better care of yourself in any other way. Right. It, because it's now it's, well, it's not my fault. Yep. But, oh, by the way, I saw you in the grocery store. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. I saw you in the grocery store today with a case of freaking Mountain Dew in your cart. And a cake. That's right. <laughs> it is within your control. That's kind of what inspired this. It's like I, we saw a former client today that... Um, they, oh were, they were one of our challengers. Mm-hmm. And our challenge programs, they run to help people get results quick so that we can kind of get that initial uncomfort, discomfort out of their lives. Mm-hmm. 
then we talk about long-term programming. Yep. But you got to lose the weight first um, and establish a baseline. Now we can build. Yep. And this was a challenger that came in with a weight issue. Mm-hmm. And it, if I remember right, there were excuses. Oh, there, yes. There, there were reasons as to yes. why this person wasn't able to lose the weight. Yep. Just pulling them out of the pocket like dollar bills. Yes. And um, then today we see them at the grocery store, and they're just right back to crushing, you know, crushing their metabolism. Yep. So that one's almost like it's um, outside of your control, but... I saw you. Exactly. But it's also within your control, kind of what you do with it. So you were saying type 1 diabetes. Yes, that is out of out of your control that you were born with it. Mm-hmm. However, it doesn't mean, it doesn't give you a free pass to treat your body like garbage because you're like, well, it's not working the way it's supposed to anyway. I, I think I um, can go off about that. I'm not going to. I think type ones are more they're more conscious because they they have a daily reminder of what's going on with them, so they're a little bit more compliant than a type two. Mm. Not to say that they're all like that. Okay, so the the call to action on this is one you have to kind of recognize if this does apply to you. Take a strong, hard look at yourself yep. and your surroundings. Um, a lot of times, people think they've dug a, such a hole. You don't understand I have kids. Mm-hmm. You don't understand I got a husband. You don't understand I'm busy. I'm in school. I'm a, I'm a graduate student and I work full-time and I have three kids. Right. Um, I'm allowed to be fat. If that's the way you want to be, good for you. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to go up to somebody and say, you need to do something about oh, your weight. No. This no. comes from um, experience where people come in and they go like, I need help. Cool, I have an answer. I don't want that answer. Yes. Do you, do you have a pill? Mm-hmm. Do you have some shakes? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have something I can just take on the go? Mm-hmm. It's like, we're not going to be a good fit. Yeah. Yep. But I think it's just an important thing, you know, kind of look over at your life and just think about, you know, are you in the situation that you're in, whether it's you're fat or not fat, because of the choices that you've made that are in your control. I do hate that word. So, oh, I know it makes, it gives me anxiety to be honest. But if, if you are where you want to be, like you've never heard of a person who's considered fit, who people look up to and who you know, you are inspired by, you never hear them say, well, I don't really care about my health and I eat whatever I want and I go and I do. And I like their life is very regimented and they like you, Mm -hmm. you think about every single thing that you do and put in your body. Oh, you're talking about me. Oh, I'm saying for general, but you're definitely one of those examples where you, you really give a what. The structure, take, it takes time to develop that structure. Exactly. I wasn't born with it. No, no, no. Of course not. But you, because your upbringing, you, I would say you were a little chunky. Um, now, then you took a hard look at yourself and you were like, okay, I'm done making these excuses. I am an adult now. I work. I'm making my own money. I'm buying my own food. And I'm going to make these choices. I'm going to take control yeah. over my life. So I'd say just give like a hard look in the mirror and just say, you know, why are you the way you are? And if you love yourself and you don't want to change anything, don't. And if you're frustrated with something and you consider yourself to be FAT, ask yourself why that you are. And call to action is to be honest and make those changes if you want to, if you so desire. We talked about what's in your control. Exactly. If something's not in your control, go seek a professional that can help you. Definitely. Um, Things in your control you can do right now. Uh, things that aren't, you're going to have to just plan and structure yourself. Um, always look for your support system Definitely. first. Um, Definitely. Once you have that in place, your uh, chances of success quadruple. Yeah. Uh, you're, you'll, you'll make it. Um, if you try to go out of your loan with a 
you know, a butthole significant other that keeps bringing home pizza and crap while you're struggling, mm-hmm. then you're going to have to reach outside of your close, close circle and find somebody else that'll help you. Definitely. All right. So there, there's things you can do. Um, I hope this helps. Yeah. I, I'm, it's a touchy subject, and it? it's, it it's making one. me uncomfortable towards the end. Um, I just, no, I, don't, I hate I think, seeing people struggle. No, I do too. And I think the important thing to remember is it's not, we're not looking out. We don't walk down the street and point out people that we're like, oh, they should, they should do something about that. It's not that. It's if, if you're listening to this and you're like, I consider myself overweight, what can I do to make the changes? That's it. Love it. If you, one more tidbit, you do find a professional that's going to give you a hand. They should not be starting you out on a stupid shake diet. No. Just, that, I, won't go any, I won't go any deeper than that. But Run! Yeah. No subscription services needed. No, no shake diets needed. No. Just approach it with the outside of the aisle. Outside aisle of the grocery store. Mm-hmm. That's the person you want to go to. Definitely. And yeah. find somebody that inspires you, that has this amazing journey that involved like actually eating and <laughs> eating real food. A healthy approach. Yes. All right. Cool. Well, this was another short one. I like it. All right. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. All right, you guys. You guys all rock. Thank you for all the support. Um, Remember, we could use some shares. Um, We're getting out there, but our goal is to impact the community broad. Better believe it. So toss us a like. Toss us a share. We would be eternally grateful. Absolutely. Awesome, Thank you all. Have an awesome day, and we'll see you on the next one. Later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Dumbbell Show. We know you have thousands of options for content and entertainment. We appreciate you spending time with us. If you enjoyed our show, please share our web address, www.beyondthedumbbells.com, and maybe drop us a review. Until next time, live beyond.